0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech, media, business, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on the pod, I am so thrilled to say we have Ali Bonner, the co-founder of Ode House. though she's done a lot of other super impressive, really interesting things prior to that, which... Admittedly, I'm not gonna ask her that much about. Allie, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me, I'm so excited. Oh man, I can't wait, are you ready to dive in? I am ready, let's go. Hell yeah, (laughs) let's go. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by Async, the first platform that helps replace unnecessary meetings with voice notes you can read, share, and react to. Async is a voice app that enables you to communicate, mm, wait for it, asynchronously can we believe allowing you to spend your time wisely without sacrificing personal connection put more simply we love a voice note as i'm sure we all know one out of five meetings probably didn't need to be a meeting just one girl's opinion don't look the data up there isn't data i made it up instead of juggling crammed calendars and overflowing email inboxes that make you feel like none of your time is your own async offers a convenient and personalized alternative it's a first-of-its-kind communication tool to replace a meeting, save time, and free up your schedule. Say goodbye to calendar anxiety and hello to work productivity. Be the first to know when Async launches by joining the waitlist now at async.com. That's A-S-Y-N-C dot Ali Bonner is CEO and co founder of Oat House, a food company on a mission to bring fun and play back to food. Their flagship product, granola butter, is the world's first oat based spread and was born out of Ali's eating disorder recovery. Oat House is available at over 1,200 stores, including Whole Foods, Sprouts, Paris Teeter, The Fresh Market, and more. Allie lives in Philadelphia with her partner, Eric, and their dog, Squishy. Allie Bonner, welcome to (laughs) Non-Technical. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. Yes, I'm so happy to have you. I am thrilled for a number of reasons. One at the top of the list is our mutual friend, Amber Illig, who is, of course, a friend, but a friend of non-technical because she's also been on the show. Oh, amazing. Oh, that's fun. Yes. Big, comfortable shoes to fill. Amber was an absolutely fabulous guest. I'm sure that you'll be one in the same. And then, of course, also, I'm a fan of what you put out both into the world, in real life, on shelves, and then also online. (laughs) Oh, thank
1: you so much. Yeah, I'm an open book, so whichever direction you want to going. I am ready, baby.
0: Oh, Allie, you were born for this pod. Thank you so much. (laughs) I'm so ready. Okay. Well, my first question for you, pretty right down the middle, but I want to hear a little bit about how you spent your last day off. So I actually just turned 30. (gasps) Congrats. Happy birthday. Thank you.
1: Yeah. And, um, went to New Zealand with my family and that was the longest break that I've taken. From the business, yeah. normally a, a three-day weekend here there's is, is sort of a luxury, but I took two full juicy weeks off, and it Whoa. was so amazing. It was so needed. I came back Whoa. feeling just so refreshed, so ready to get back at it. I just felt a little burned out towards the end of the year, as I'm sure yes. a lot of people do. It was so nice to just have like two
0: really juicy weeks off. So I love that juicy weeks off. I know exactly what you mean. Now, when you take time off, for example, going on a trip like that. What do you do about your phone? Do you check it? Do you leave it in your pocket? Do you leave it at the hotel?
1: Yeah, it's funny that you asked that cuz this trip I was so intentional about taking a social media break or detox oh, hell yes. or whatever
0: important. Yeah,
1: <laughs> whatever you want to call it. I hadn't taken one in over 5 years and mm. which led to obviously like a lot of burnout. It's mm. <laughs> just mm. not healthy boundaries and think it was just really nice I would leave my phone in the hotel room or keep it in my bag all day on airplane mode and mm-hmm. it was so lovely. I think the first few days, it was a little tough just getting used to it and feeling like I'm yeah. missing out on things or just that anxiety. But then after a while, I was like, no, I never want to go back.
0: I like, you want to go back to social media. When you have that feeling, I think of it as almost, it's like this phantom phone. Like, has your phone ever run out of battery while you're out? And then you still go to check it like that yes. sort of impulse. What did you tell yourself while that was happening? Did you say like, no, I'm on a cleanse? <laughs>
1: it was wild it really was eye opening to to realize just how many times i wanted to reach for my phone so that yes. urge was always there and it was especially when you're traveling there's lots of downtime right so maybe mm. you're on a train or you're on a ferry or like There's these moments where you're not, you know, doing things every second of the day, where at least sometimes when I'm home, I feel like, you know, it's like today. I was like, oh my God, it's already 4.30. Like where did this day go?
0: Same, big same. Yeah. (laughs)
1: But when you're on vacation you have a lot more kind of downtime, so it was tough. I'm not going to lie, but Mm -hmm. I brought a ton of books. I brought my Kindle and I really was just trying to retrain my brain to kind of slow down a little bit.
0: Yes, absolutely. When I'm outside, I really just try to look around sometimes because I'm thinking to myself, this must be more productive for my brain.
1: Just looking around. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I mean, I remember growing up, I'm sure you do too. Like there were so many moments where you just let your brain wander and you let yourself be bored. And I'm never bored anymore because every second Mm -hmm. I just will go to Instagram or TikTok or something.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So something I know that you spend some time doing outside of work is doodling. Did you get into that when you were younger? Was that a, I'm bored and now I'm going to learn to draw? Or did then you pick that up as an adult? That was actually something that I recently just re-picked
1: up. Fun. Because of the advice of my therapist. I mean, when I was home, my mom was like showing me books and books of all mm. of my doodles. And I'm not an artist by any means. <laughs> no, she's an artiste. <laughs> yeah. They're, I mean, they're not like anything I could ever sell, which I think is mm. fun. Because sometimes I feel like, you know, if you have a hobby at least I always try to like monetize it or make it into or like be really, really good at it or yeah yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of nice that I'm just not that good because it just really keeps it fun. I've been doing a lot of somatic therapy.
0: Oh my God. I've heard about that.
1: Yeah. Body-based therapy. And it's been so cool. Just like tapping back in Mm. and reconnecting with my body. And so that was one of the modalities that she recommended. And I was like, Oh "Oh my God, I used to do that all the time. Cool. For example, when I'm feeling a certain emotion and I don't know. I feel like sometimes with emotions, it's hard to really put them into words or figure out Mm -hmm. what exactly you're feeling. At least for me, sometimes it feels easier to associate that with a color or a shape or a drawing. And so like getting it out on paper can be helpful for stuff like that.
0: Absolutely. Do you feel like the different colors have different, almost like personalities or flavors to them?
1: Totally. Yeah, absolutely. I am such a fan of color, as you can tell.
0: (laughs) Um, I love it. Yes. For our our listeners, Allie is rocking some gorgeous pink hair right now that is absolutely stealing the show. Wish you could see it. Go to her Instagram.
1: (laughs) It's been fun. I think as I was approaching 30, I just realized, I don't know, I was building this brand that really was creating so much fun and so much play Mm -hmm. for other people. And I was having no fun and no play. (gasps) And really my whole life, I've been just this results-oriented, like achievement, Mm -hmm. goal-setting, sort of just this rigid energy. And I think something snapped where I was like, this is not sustainable. Mm -hmm. I remember, you know, being a little girl and sort of being like the good girl. And I never had this like teenage rebellion. I never had this childlike kind Mm -hmm. of play. I feel like I'm going through my teenage rebellion now. Like I dyed my hair pink. Like I want to get my nipples pierced. Like I'm kind of exploring... BDSM and like this whole... Just other worlds where it's like, I feel like I've been kind of ordering. This is a metaphor my therapist, I love my therapist if you can't tell.
0: Yeah, that's a metaphor
1: that she said, which she was like, you've been ordering off of this short menu your whole life. And now Ah. you're just in this like exploratory phase where maybe you're not gonna, Mm. you know, keep ordering these things, but at least you have this expanded menu where you're just picking and choosing and kind of exploring these other worlds.
0: Yeah, feel it all.
1: Yeah. So, anyways, that was kind of a tangent, but going back to, color before I dyed my hair. And Mm. I just wanted to incorporate a little more fun into my life. I just started dressing more fun. Like I started wearing more color. My nails are black right now, but normally they're like crazy colors and Mm. just like really fun. started doing this like bright different colored eyeliner and just like little ways where, you know, maybe I can't go to a music festival every weekend, but I can incorporate (laughs) these fun little things. Yeah.
0: Okay. I have a question about how you feel perceived now that you're bringing more color and fun into how you're dressing and doing your makeup versus before. Do you feel that people are Mm -hmm. receiving and perceiving you differently?
1: Absolutely. And I think I'm perceiving myself differently too, if that makes sense.
0: Oh, it does. And it's probably more important ultimately. Yeah.
1: I'm just looking outside right now and I live in Philly and I know you mentioned that you're on the East Coast as well, and it was Ooh. just like so gloomy, so terrible so today. Gloomy. Oh my god. And <laughs> I grew up in San Diego, which is like 75 mm. and sunny all year round. And it's like day like today, I have to like force myself. Today I was just feeling pink, you know, it's like yes. pink. Yes. And it really changes my mood. And in terms of how other people see me, it's been interesting. I actually made a TikTok about this. The men, male versus female perception mm. with the pink hair. Like yes. women will come up to me all the time. Love your pink hair. I'm obsessed uh-huh. with it. Like yes. I could never do that. Like like it's so oh. bold. I don't know why women are so drawn to the colored hair. Where mm. men are a little bit more not that they don't like it, but I think men just sort of maybe are like I got a lot more male attention when I was platinum blonde sure. and kind of more like the natural societal mm. stereotype of like what yes. is quote unquote attractive. Right. And I don't know. So that's been also interesting is that just is interesting as I express myself more and kind of come back to, you know, who I really am, mm. not other people want me to be or who I think I should be. Yeah. I feel like I've attracted more of like the female gaze, which mm. I don't mind at all,
0: Yeah, but it's just been interesting to note. That is such an interesting difference between the two hair colors. I haven't done anything wild with my hair since I was 16. And when I was 16, I had a pixie cut. Oh I had a short, short pixie cut because a hairstylist said, I really think it would be nice to frame your face. I just, I think that it would. And I said, okay,
1: because honestly
0: I thought, why not? Let's give it a shot. I never have to do it again if I don't want to. And I loved it. I loved it. It was so easy to manage. I had a little spray in the morning, a little shake. I remember being like, this feels like being a boy. It's great. Spray, yeah. go. I think similarly, the people who thought it looked really good were were the girls in my life and not so much the boys.
1: <laughs> totally. I know. It's super interesting. And I think that's what also has been kind of cool too is, you know, I've co-founder is also my partner. We've been together for almost 10 oh, years. I didn't
0: know that. That is so cool.
1: I think it's one thing if you're single and you're sort of finding yourself and you're, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. Maybe I would be a little bit, I would, I don't know if I would be more or less kind of able to just go for it and step outside Mm -hmm. the box. But I think having Eric is his name. He's just my biggest supporter. And I, Uh. I remember like most of big decisions in my life, I'll like text him or ask him about it and be like, what do you think about me like dyeing my hair pink? But there was something inside me that was like, it came from within. I was like, no, like, I don't care if he hates it. It doesn't matter. I don't care if everyone hates it. Like this is for me. Yeah, And it's been so cool because he's just like, yeah, like I fucking love your hair, you know? But I think that's also interesting is just, you know, if I was single, would I feel that confidence? Mm. Probably, but it's also... I remember being single and being like, oh, I need to look a certain way to attract this kind of
0: person uh-huh. or that kind of person yeah. versus just doing it for myself. Wow. So does that mean you didn't tell him before you dyed your hair pink? Was it a surprise? Yeah, it was a surprise. <laughs> ah! What did you do? Just show up at home one day, like take off a hat,
1: do a reveal? Well, you know, it was funny. So, I mean, we work together. We live together. Obviously, we're together like 24-7. I was
0: going to say, oh, my God. <laughs> That's so much time. It's Woo! so much
1: time. Yeah. And I can, I mean, there's a lot we could talk about with like working with your partner. <laughs> it's a whole separate six part mini series. <laughs> Absolutely. But luckily, I mean, he goes into the office now. I work from home most days. So we have like a little bit of separation, mm. but he was in Mexico for Thanksgiving. And then I was going to New Zealand for around the holidays for my birthday. So we actually didn't see each other for six weeks, which was like the longest we've ever been apart. And, wow, you know, pretty much the whole time we've been together. Yes. I don't know. I was, maybe a part of it was that I was home alone while he was in Mexico. And I Mm. just like kind of had a lot of alone time, but I did it when he was gone. And by (sighs) the time I saw him, we went to New York for New Year's and Mm. it was like pretty much faded back to blonde. So he never actually saw it the first time I dyed it, but he saw pictures and stuff obviously. But then the second time I dyed it, which was a few weeks ago, then Mm. obviously he saw it in person and yeah, it was just fun. I think it's kind of like a thrill. To do something and obviously not a huge decision like buying a house or, or yes, a car, yes. but yeah. something like that where you're just like, surprise, you know? Yes. <laughs> Especially because like we are together so much that having some sort of mystery, like yes, for a little.
0: <laughs> Seriously, it's so bet. Okay. So I have a question for you, which is Is there a song that whenever you hear it takes you back in time? I think anything
1: Avicii. Really takes me back sure. to my college days.
0: Okay. So, you listened to a lot of Avicii in college, or was there just a particular memory that sticks out?
1: So, Eric and I met in college. We both went to UC Berkeley up in the Bay Area. Great. And I don't know, just speaking of fun, speaking of carefree, yeah. like we were just. A lot of people in college were this way, but just sort of like degenerate, just no responsibility. I think we both really bonded over like house music, tropical house, that sort of genre and Eric loved Avicii. So that's something that kind of brings me back to just like Mm. whenever I really want to tap back into like, okay, carefree, fun, Mm -hmm. you know, channel that. I guess it's not one song, but just an artist that brings it back.
0: So, you went to UC Berkeley. What's the best concert you ever saw at the Greek Theater? Because what a theater! I saw Tame Impala there in my oh, first wow. week, within my first six days of living in San Francisco. Wow. Unbelievable, unbelievable welcome to the Bay. And then uh, LCD Sound System, which is oh, one of my those favorite are good. bands. And I got to have a really fun, not chapter closing experience, but something that felt really satisfying, which is that I had never seen them in Brooklyn. I'm from the East Coast. I lived in New York and then I was in California. And so to move back to New York and then see LCD Sound System in Brooklyn, I was like, okay, now I'm home.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. so good. Oh, that's so epic. I'm trying to think. I mean, gosh, so many concerts I was like probably not mentally, you know, 100% sure. there. <laughs> I'm like, who did I even see? My graduation was at the Greek, which was cool. That's awesome. I think probably Disclosure was one that was really good.
0: So do you like to dance? Yeah.
1: Okay, cool. I love house music. I love electronic music. Yeah. I went to Tomorrowland this summer. How was it? It's amazing. It's like a huge music festival in Belgium. I don't know, something about electronic music. I mean, I love yeah. all genres, but something about that, it speaks to my soul. I don't know. I'm obsessed sure. with it. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. What's the tiniest hill you're willing to die on? So something pretty inconsequential that you would really go to bat for.
1: I mean, I think being a dentist daughter, flossing is so yeah. important. I floss twice a day. Do you seriously? Yeah, it was just drilled into me. That's something where people who say like, oh, I like flossing, you know, you don't need to floss. Yes. That is a hill where I'm like, no, I'm just a nerd when it comes to that stuff. But there's so many stats on like, it shortens your lifespan if you don't what? floss. Mm Mm-hmm. Because the bacteria in your teeth will like go down into your heart. Oh my God. What? Yeah. It's like seven years or something crazy. (gasps) No. It feels
0: like it shortens my lifespan to floss. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I see both both sides. I see both sides. (laughs) Wow. Okay. I have more questions about this, if you can imagine. Okay. My Mm -hmm. first question is, are you talking about just a straight up like spool of floss in a little box? You open it and you take a spool of floss out or you use mm. a little pick?
1: No, no, no. Yeah. No one has time for that. I just think yeah, the little like okay. handheld
0: ones. Okay. What do you think about a water pick? is that the same?
1: Yeah. Interesting question. My mom gave me one for Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, apparently they're really great, but too much work. I have places to be, you know, but what about instead of flossing? As long as you're dislodging the bacteria
0: between your teeth. (laughs) God, I'm so stressed. (laughs) Um, I'm pretty sure that that's, that's fine. Which of your parents is a dentist or both? My mom is. Oh, okay. But that'd be crazy if both of your parents were dentists. Do you know anybody where both of their parents are dentists?
1: No. That'd be
0: terrifying, I think. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, I'm already brainwashed by my mom. It sounds like in a good way, though. I mean, there are certainly worse things to be brainwashed by. True. Yeah, being obsessed with flossing is probably not so bad. That is so wholesome. It's really beautiful. I understand now why you were saying, I didn't really have a rebellious phase in my teenage years. You didn't have time, Allie. <laughs> You're flossing twice a day. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, man. What three words do you think your family or your closest friends would use to describe you?
1: Vulnerable. I'm very comfortable Mm. with vulnerability. Mm -hmm. I think I'll share things that I feel, yeah, you know, everyone would share this. And then People mm-hmm. kind of are like, whoa, <laughs> you know, very early on in a conversation or really, very soon after meeting someone. And and I've tried to, I guess, tone that down a little bit because sometimes it can feel like a defense mechanism of like, uh-huh. oh, I'm oversharing before you can find X out about me. So that's something mm-hmm. I've been also working on in therapy. But I think my, my vulnerability has also been probably one of my biggest strengths, especially mm-hmm. with building our community mm-hmm. with Oat House and just sharing my eating disorder story. I'm very loyal, Mm. sometimes to a fault. And as I've gotten older, some of my friendships, you know, from my younger years have just drifted apart or evolved mm. or grown. Yeah. I think that's been really tough for me. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. And it's something that I think feels like a breakup. It's like people don't really talk about it as much just when you kind of grow apart and you think like, oh, I thought I would be friends with this person forever.
0: You and I are the same age. And I don't think this was a conversation anybody was having five years ago in my life. And yeah. I don't really feel like anybody told me it would happen. (laughs) And then I got to my thirties and I was like, Oh wow. Okay. This is different.
1: Totally. After kind of working through it and thinking about it, like obviously it's healthy to evolve and make new friends and to move on. And I understand that for sure, but yeah, it just doesn't hurt any less. And it's harder when you get older to keep in touch with people. And especially now that I'm on the East coast and moving away. So that, yeah, I think loyal is like the second thing. That's such a good one. And then the third one, I would say (laughs) for better or for worse, I'm very impulsive Okay, and and very much like a yes girl. Like I think something I've been working on is giving myself, I call it riding my emotional wave. So it's, you know, before I make a decision, waiting 24 hours, if I can, you know, at least, and that's helped a ton in business because I'm very much like an emotional, you know, gut sort of decision maker. So if I can kind of ride that emotional wave and sometimes I'll change my mind if I wait a little bit. So I would say vulnerable, loyal, and impulsive.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. I mean, what a triple threat. I love it. Have you made any decisions recently using the 24-hour system that you still really wanted to do them after the 24-hour period?
1: So many. I think especially with bigger decisions, obviously, it's more <laughs> important. So I'm just about to start my egg freezing journey. I don't know Ooh, if I told you this. No. I start injections in about a week. And that was something that I've I've waited like months, you know, oh, and yeah. I was going back and forth. And because, you know, my partner and I have been together for so long. But yeah. because of the business, I'm like, look, I'm 30. I do not want kids until I'm at least like 35, at least And unfortunately, as a woman, you know, it's like you're whether or not you want to admit it, like your biological clock is sort of ticking. (laughs) you. So I was kind of going back and forth, but I had a very complicated relationship with motherhood, you know, and, and I think working through that, I had this really transformational psychedelic experience. I had never done psychedelics before. Yeah. With my therapist. I don't know why I keep bringing up my therapist. I love
0: it. This is what my real conversations are like too. It's just my friends and I being like, okay, so my therapist said, that's so interesting because my therapist. I know. It's like, are we friends or are our therapist friends? Like, it's unclear. 100%, I know. <laughs> yeah.
1: I talk about her more than anyone else. She's doing great. She's doing great. Was it microdosing? I am a fan of microdosing, and that's kind of what I had only done prior to this okay. experience. And that really helps, you know, or has helped me just with, like, creativity or kind of anxiety overall just mood. And, but that's usually you do like a sub perceptual dose where it's like,
0: is that meaning you can barely feel it? Yeah. Sub-perceptual. Sure. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got it.
1: And this was a, you know, therapeutic guided. I had like mm. an eye mask on, It was a very high dose. It was like an eight-hour session. And that was something that I did to really work through a lot Mm. of traumatic things that have happened that I've had a hard time just working through verbally. Sure, sure. And long story short, I went in with no expectations of kind of what was going to come up. And one of the things that came up was motherhood, just this like strong, like you are going to be such a good mom. And Mm. I have never I felt like I was anti-maternal. I was like, yeah. I don't like kids. Like, I don't like babies. Like, oh, that was really impactful and kind of shaping my decision. But also I really waited it out because I was like, right after that experience, I was like, okay, I have to freeze my eggs. And (sighs) I felt this impulsive urge of like, I have to do this tomorrow. So kind of giving some time and waiting it out, like helped me to come to a place where it's less emotional and more logical of like, Mm. okay, yes, I still want to do this. And here's why. So that's probably like one of the bigger decisions where it's helped because I think sometimes I can feel like, okay, I have to do this like yesterday just Mm. to get it, like check it off my list. But sometimes that's not always the right, yeah, way to make decisions.
0: Wow. That's so wise. Like all of that (laughs) just sounds so wise. You're like, I had a thought and then I waited and then I used some tools to help me explore it further. And then I waited and then I made a decision. Like that's amazing.
1: I mean, yeah, I was more mature than I think I even realized at the time, but there's also times though where I think, you know, being impulsive and making quick decisions is like my superpower too. Sure. You know, my yes. my partner Eric is very methodical. He's an oh, engineer, analyzes everything, weighs the pros and cons, and I'm like on to the next. And I think sometimes the fact that I've like already taken action and I'm moving on to the next thing can be uh, strength. So it's just, mm. yeah, I don't know. It's like balancing, balancing I know. it out. Yeah. And cons.
0: I mean, often these things are towering strengths and towering weaknesses. You know, they can be both. I certainly feel that way about myself too. Okay. I have a two part question for you, which is part one, who would play you in a movie? And two, what chapter of your life do you think would make for the most interesting movie plot?
1: Ooh. Okay. Part one. I love Cameron Diaz. Like I love her mm, energy. She's yes. just She just has like a big smile, just open-hearted. And I think that's someone
0: who I would want to play me because I admire her. And what was the second question? The second question was, what chapter of your life would make for the most compelling movie plot? Like, what would this movie be about?
1: I mean, the eating disorder recovery like that Mm -hmm. kind of is the perfect hero's journey that would be a great movie plot it would be kind of depressing in parts but then there Mm -hmm. is a happy ending because it's like my business came out of it and and sort of our mission for everything we do Mm. so yeah I would say kind of maybe the entirety of that like the eating disorder up until the founding of our business would be probably interesting
0: and how would you want the movie to feel would you want it to be More of a serious tone? Would you want it to be comedic? Are we thinking indie, big budget? What's the vibe? Probably like the Juno vibe. Kind of like indie, but like
1: yes. Some you need a little comedic relief, of course. Because that stuff can get like so heavy.
0: Oh, yeah. Juno's a great comparable. That was, I think, 2008-ish. But it was part of this wave of movies that were happening around that time that felt independent in nature. I think that film started as an independent film, and then it got picked up by a much bigger production company to be distributed. But it felt real, even though it was like still stylized, you know?
1: Totally. Yeah. And I think it just did such a good job of like taking... A topic like teen pregnancy that could be Uh. so heavy and like so stressful,
0: Mm -hmm. and it just made it real and like kind of awkward. We could totally do that. I think that would be so fun. What do you think the soundtrack would be like? What would it sound like?
1: Mm, Maybe some Avicii
0: in there. No, I don't know. Yes, no, we need it. Uh, Uh, Okay, now it's a big budget film, but still, (laughs) because you mentioned that Avicii makes you feel sort of joyful and carefree and I think there could be at least a couple moments in the film that gave us that break you know that mm, yeah let it all go feeling totally yeah yeah there has to be some like good energy mm-hmm.
1: some uplifting yes. yeah
0: parts hmm Speaking of good energy, are you a believer in things? I guess I say things like that. And what I mean is it's a pretty broad bucket of spiritual concepts that honestly, I'm not super well-versed. So I lump a lot of things in when I ask the question. But what does that mean to you?
1: Yeah. Like, am I am I woo-woo? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yes. Exactly. I am very woo-woo. And I was like
1: not a woo-woo bitch for mm. a long time. Like many mm. years I was... You know, I was a science major and I was like pre-med. Was there a turning point or did it happen slowly? It happened very slowly. Mm. I will say my psychedelic experience definitely... <laughs>
0: Love it. <laughs>
1: express, Yeah, I was on the express track to woo-woo, dumb. Yep. But yeah, I think just over the years, look, the reason that I, <laughs> I struggled with food for so many years mm. was because I am a very big fan feeler. Like I'm a Mm. emotional, like I feel things very strongly, high, highs, low, lows. Mm. And for so many years I didn't know how to handle them because Mm -hmm. my parents were just these like happy go lucky, like triathlete people. And they were just always (laughs) happy and they're always running. And they were just like, you know, oh, don't be sad. Just like smile, like go for a run, you know. And so I wasn't taught like the tools on how to Hmm. handle them. And so I turned to food. You know, I would either restrict food or I would binge on food. And it was like this distraction coping mechanism as I've learned more about just emotions and energy. And I guess like the whole woo woo world just (laughs) really speaks to me because- I feel like I'm a very sort of like intuitive, emotional being where yeah. my partner, Eric, is very much, again, like the engineer, more yep, logical. Yep. I'll talk to him about some of this stuff. And he kind of just is like, I don't resonate with that, which is fine. Mm. But a lot of that stuff does resonate with me because it's actually given me tools. I feel seen, I guess, is like sure. a, a good way to describe what's it.
0: What's an example of that? What's, what's a woo-woo thing that you are super into?
1: I'm very into human design. Oh, I don't know what that is. Oh, maybe
0: I'm going to get into it. Oh, I can't yeah, wait. Tell me what it is. (laughs)
1: it's pretty cool it's I mean it's sort of a like a blend of woo woo and also like a personality test so like Myers-Briggs like Enneagram those kind of personality tests yeah so there's all these different types. So for example, I'll just share I'm a manifester and it's like an energy type where they call manifestors like the initiator. So I'm like Mm. the spark that lights like a flame. So the way that I am supposed to best operate is like I'll have these like bursts of inspiration or bursts Mm. of energy or ideas. But then I need these periods of like rest and recovery. And my whole life I've felt that and I did this like human design reading. And mm. I just felt so seen. It was like, uh. oh my gosh, because I have these creative bursts. And then I feel like society tells you like, you have to keep creating content like on this hamster wheel. Yeah, And that net that was like, didn't resonate with me. Mm. And so you should look into human design, but the woo-woo part of it is like your birth time. It's like uh-huh. deciding how, what energy type you are. is like your birth time, where you were born, you get your
0: type and you're like, wow, this fits me like crazy. Interesting. Cause I really like the Enneagram test actually. I got a lot out of that. Do you know your Enneagram type?
1: I don't. And everyone tells me I should look into it. So maybe, yeah, maybe you look into human design
0: and I'll look into Enneagram. Yes, we'll swap and then we can compare (laughs) notes. Oh my God. I would honestly love that because I like the Enneagram. What I really like about its structure is that when you read the descriptions of the numbers after you get your number, it tells you what that might look like as a healthy or an unhealthy version of you. So when you're at your healthiest mentally, you know, it might be all these really good traits. And then when you're at your unhealthiest, it might be all these ones that are a little bit more challenging. Tell me if you take the test. (laughs) I will, yeah, I'll I'll check it out. So you mentioned that it doesn't bother you or it's fine that your partner is not super into the woo-woo stuff because you said he's an engineer, a little bit more straightforward on that. Are you somebody that feels like, you don't necessarily have to believe in the same thing as someone to kind of meet them where they are. Yeah. I love having friends
1: of all different political, mm-hmm. you know, just any kind of belief because I found that growing up in San Diego, there's not a lot of diversity, at least where I grew up. And yeah. it was like all of my friends looked exactly the same. They were, you know, they acted the same. They had the same interests. And that was fine when I was growing up because I didn't know any better. And it was like, yeah. oh, obviously you're a little drawn to like people who are like you anyways. But then I went to college, you know, I went to Berkeley, which is so diverse Mm -hmm. and you know, so many clubs and interests and passions. And I was like, wow, I just felt very much like, oh my gosh, you know, my again, just opening that lens, looking at Mm. that extended menu, going to Berkeley was really eye-opening for me of just like, oh, people do more than just like surf and go to the beach. And this is really cool. So I've Mm. actually been pretty intentional about going on coffee dates with people who have interests that are totally different than Mm. mine. Like, for example, I mentioned, you know, the BDSM stuff, like, oh, yeah, I don't know anything about it. The reason I mentioned it was because I was like, I'm just interested, you know, I'm interested in that world. And I don't know anyone in that world. And so I met up with the founder of Omsom. Do you know Oh, Omsom? Kim Pham.
0: Not only do I know Omsom, I know Kim. We went to yeah. college together and she's oh. also been on non-technical. Okay. Perfect. And perfect. And as soon as you started saying that, I was yeah. like, I'm going to send Kim's page to Allie. <laughs> yes. So, okay. Perfect. So I heard Kim, yeah,
1: on like a podcast or I saw her somewhere and it was the perfect example of like, I don't know anything about this world, mm. but just the way that she was like, so embodied and so just like yes. unapologetically mm-hmm. herself. She was like, This is me. This is what I do. So I DM'd her on Instagram and I was like, I'm obsessed with you. Like, just, you know, basically no ask, just like, I'm sure. obsessed with you, family. FYI. <laughs> yes, <Yeah, just> FYI. <laughs> And she was like, oh, my God, if you're ever in New York, like, let's get coffee. So we met up, got mm. coffee. I love being around people who just have such different interests because mm. it's so interesting to me. Like, And I think now when I hang out with people who are a little too similar to me, I kind of just get like, antsy. I feel like Uh I try to like branch out. Yeah. She's just so awesome. I'm obsessed with her.
0: (laughs) Yes, me too. I'm always happy to take a moment of appreciation for Kim. She's the best. Um, and yes, we've known each other since truly since college. That's so (laughs) cool. Very Funny. I know. Okay. Tell me this. Have you ever been the last to realize something that everybody else seems to know?
1: Okay. One that I have, I just get confused with I could care less or I couldn't care less. Oh, I actually have to stop because I think for so many years, I was saying the wrong one, which I still don't even know what it is. Okay, I think it's, I couldn't care less.
0: Well, let's break it down. So if you're saying the idea is to express that you don't care, right? Yeah. So I could not care less. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I it's like, it's the negative. It's I couldn't care less.
1: So my whole life I was saying I could care less <laughs> mm. and like with some passion too, like, oh,
0: I could, yes. I could care less, mm. but I was really sounding like an idiot The Or maybe it was expressing how you really felt though. Cause if you feel very deeply, maybe you really did care and true. maybe it was a true statement of fact. I could care less. True. <laughs> that is a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> oh, Allie, oh, we're yeah. going to take a super quick break and then we'll be okay. right back. This episode of Non-Technical is still brought to you by Async, the first platform that helps replace unnecessary meetings with voice notes you can read, share, and react to. Async messages are voice messages that can be read because they come with a full transcript, so you don't have to listen to a message if it's too long or covers too many topics or you're already listening to your favorite podcast. Non-Technical. You can also add timestamped and threaded reactions via emoji, voice, or text Search inside asyncs for important notes and share asyncs with a person or group thanks to unique URLs. So next time you want to establish an authentic connection with someone to exchange feedback or brainstorm ideas, or you just want to make sure you nail the tone without spending 30 minutes evaluating your punctuation usage, try Async. 95% of what you say is how you say it. So say what you really mean on your time with Async. Say goodbye to calendar anxiety and hello to work productivity. Be the first to know when Async launches by joining the waitlist now at async.com. That's A-S-Y-N-C dot com. And we're back with Ali Bonner, the CEO and co-founder of Oathouse. Ali, we have arrived at a very exciting moment in this episode of Non-Technical. Are you ready? I'm ready. Hell yeah. I love this energy. I am here for it. We've arrived at the lightning round. Here we go. My first question for you is coffee or tea?
1: Decaf coffee. Ooh, always? Always, yeah. So do you not drink any caffeine? I get jittery. I know. Mm. I think I already have so much anxiety that I don't need any. Sure. (laughs) Why
0: add fuel to that fire? I understand. I understand. Okay. Do you drink it hot or iced? Depends on the weather. Okay. Yeah. So you, you switch-
1: yeah, I'm not one of those okay. people. There's some of my friends are like iced always, but mm-hmm. it's like snowing outside. So no, if it's cold out, then I'll get a hot coffee.
0: I have truly become an a, an, a hot coffee always person. I'll drink hot wow. coffee in the summer like a psycho. It's, yeah, that is a little psycho. isn't that wild? Yeah, it really bit. is. I don't yeah. know what happened. Life is very strange. Yeah, I guess this is the only explanation. Oh, a thousand percent. I'll have an iced coffee if it's my second, but if I'm having a second coffee, there's a problem, you know, mm, like that's true. not a good everyday experience for true. me yes, or for yes. the people around me probably, or it yeah. means something has gone awry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you have a favorite board game? Not a big board game gal are you a game gal? Not really. And I'm just starting to like own that, you know? Yeah. I imagine it must've been challenging though, going to school in the Bay area, especially Berkeley. That feels like a big, like games people. School. Yeah.
1: Yeah. My high school girlfriends actually from San Diego, huge game gals. And I just, I couldn't care less. <laughs> <laughs> I really it. It. Perfect.
0: Yeah. No notes. Okay. Do you have a favorite cartoon character?
1: Oh, I love Pikachu. So cute. Yeah.
0: Pikachu is really cute. Yeah, so cute. Did you play Pokemon or you just liked Pikachu? I was really into Pokemon when I was little. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Do you have a pump-up song?
1: Oh, gosh. Yeah. Anything Rolling Stones always gets me going. yeah. Yeah, that's my final answer.
0: When did you get into the Rolling Stones?
1: My mom is very into the Rolling Stones. Yeah. I feel like you would love Leslie. My mom is, she's so fun. She Uh, was like the mom in high school where it's like, let's take shots. (laughs) Not like dental shots. Like she's really fun.
0: (laughs) That sounds great. I would love to hang out with Leslie.
1: You guys should come to New York. We'll all go out. She loved that. I mean, she's went to Brazil by herself for a Rolling Stones concert. Oh my She's gone all over the world for the Rolling Stones. She's like a big fan.
0: And is there a specific song of hers or of yours that you really love?
1: Really any of them. I feel like they have so many bangers.
0: Yeah, they really do. I have a Deep Cuts favorite Rolling Stones song, I think.
1: Oh yeah. I think my
0: favorite Rolling Stone song is Miss You.
1: Oh, that is a good one. You know one. that song? Yeah. That it's is a good popular, one. It's popular,
0: but no one else has ever been like you know what my favorite Rolling Stone song is?
1: Totally. It's not yeah. like the first one that comes to mind, no. but I like that. Yeah, it's unique.
0: Yeah. Mm, what can I say? Special stuff yeah. like over here, Alex. yeah. <laughs> okay, this yeah. is my last question for you, which I'm really sad about because I cannot believe that we are already at the end of our time. What would you title your memoir? Oh, if you were picking today, so I won't hold it against you if and when you ultimately write one. Yeah. If it, if it ultimately, nor will I demand 10% or anything like that. I will buy it and I'll, I'll probably ask you to sign it for me. Okay. Okay.
1: Probably something like house party, but like H-A-U-S, like our brand. (laughs) Love that. Yeah. From blank to house party. Yeah. I don't know. Or you
0: could do open house H-A-U-S because you mentioned being very vulnerable and open.
1: Oh, that is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need to write these down for later.
0: You know what the good news is? We've been recording this whole time. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, perfect. Oh my gosh, Allie, thank you so much for coming on Non-Technical. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. This was so fun. Where can people find more about you? Instagram is just
1: my name, Allie Bonner, and then our brand is oat.house, H-A-U-S. And you can find us at Whole Foods, Amazon, Sprouts, we have a store locator with a lot of other locations too. Yes,
0: absolutely. <laughs> and I highly recommend you do both. And you can find me at YayAlexisGay and at non pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. One more time, Allie. Thank you so, so, so much. I hope we get to hang out again soon. Oh,
1: thank you. Me too. Bye.